Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We often spend these 25 minutes together telling you the stories of our church by interviewing our members and other friends of the ministry. We want to start by personally inviting you to church this Sunday. We have two services, one at 9 a.m. and the other at 11 a.m. We'd love to see you at either. We will have our live stream service, which will be at 11 a.m. Sunday. You can find that at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. And this week is Vision Sunday. We'll talk more about that today. Uh, you should know we also have Korean and Japanese translation, which will be during our 11 a.m. service. Well, let's begin today's program by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Hey, half a day, Chris. This week is our Vision Sunday. We've been looking forward to that for a while, and uh, it'll be a great Sunday when we're going to talk about a lot of things that are coming up in the coming year. And uh, so some special activities, some uh, conferences, some ministry opportunities. So all of that's going to be a part of this Sunday, including, you know, each year at Harvest, we have a, um, a theme for the year, and we launch that on Vision Sunday. So... In fact, I was just in the worship center and they were putting up the banners that'll be new and fresh when you come in for the services on Sunday. So we want to invite you to come. You might have noticed a little bit of a change in our timing. You know, things have been got, have gone back and forth over the last few months on timing of our services. Uh, we are going back to two services. This Sunday will be the first time that we're back in two services. Really, that's such a great testimony to God's blessing on our church and uh, just uh, the, the Sunday after Sunday where we have just many people coming and the, the uh, room is crowded. And so we want to be able to create a little bit more space so uh, friends and guests that would come wouldn't feel uncomfortable. So we want you to invite you to come. Both services, there will be space. If this is your first time and you'd like to, you could get online and actually sign uh, sign up for a uh, you know kind of a guest visit. And we'll save chairs for you and just make sure everything's so set is set for you. So, and if you just want to show up, no problem. That'd be great too, but we'd welcome you as we talk about Vision Sunday this Sunday. Well, I'm really glad to introduce to you and actually welcome to Harvest Time, Dr. Scott and Dr. Lonnie Larkin, both chiropractors here on Guam. First of all, welcome to Harvest Time. Thank, Thank you, you, Pastor Gary. So glad that you guys were willing to come and talk with us a little bit. Um, you've been on Guam for a while, practicing on Guam for quite a while, right? About 25 years. Um, and uh, Lonnie, both of you are chiropractors, and you've, we are. Yeah, yes. and you've uh, practiced together. You know, uh, in the beginning, we were practicing together. Um, as our kid, as we got married and we had kids, I I took more of a role at home, and uh, did kind of the background stuff and things that I could operate from home. I did that more. Um, I make a guest appearance at the office from time to time, but mostly I I'm at home, and and Scott is at the helm at the office. I get the fun stuff to work with people, but she also helps quite a bit on the paperwork, which is not the fun part in healthcare for sure. So she does quite a bit. It's a partnership for sure. And you it get is. not the fun part, right, honey? That's <laughs> yeah, a good team. Yeah, great. Um, God's bless you guys with a sweet family. Uh, Lonnie, why don't you tell us about your family? Uh, well, we have three children. Our oldest, Megan, is 22. And we have a son named Sam, and he's 21. And then our youngest is Selah, and she's 14. And uh, 
uh, Megan is uh, graduated from college and she's getting ready to go to grad school. And Sam is in chiropractic school and he is going to be uh, hopefully coming to take uh, take part in the family business. And Sayla is here. She's um, a freshman at Harvest. Okay, awesome. All three kids born here in Guam because you guys have been here 25 years, they right? They were, all three of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Scott, what brought you guys to Guam in the first place? Uh, my brother uh, married somebody from the island. Uh, they met in college, and um, he went to chiropractic school, and there was a need out here on the island. So uh, they came back to practice here. So they were here a few years, and uh, I was practicing in Atlanta, and then uh, they asked would I come out and help and so for a short period of time and I did and I just fell in love with the island the people and there was just a real need to serve as far as in the health Um, so I was I was drawn to it and uh, then my wife and I um, from Atlanta decided that this would be our home so we came out and here we are well what would have been three years we thought turned into now 25 years and going so yeah what an awesome place to raise your family. Truly, is. truly is. Yes. Yeah, and uh, I know that you've been active in the health, uh, you know, community across the island, but also you've been active in the in the spiritual community, and God's used you in some neat ways. Um, we've talked before about your story, your spiritual mm-hmm. story, but I wonder if you'd share some of that. How how did you come to know Jesus, and how did God work in your life? Well, it started really young. I was going to school and I went to church as a child. My uh, parents weren't as active, but they made sure that we went to church. So um, I got a understanding of God and his son, Jesus, but not really an understanding of what the cross was about or um, who Jesus really was. You understand he was born in Bethlehem and you knew all the stories. But mm-hmm. um, So I guess one of the things that struck me, and I remember this as a child, is thinking that he did nothing wrong, nothing. And I was thinking, wow, my brothers all do things wrong. <laughs> I'm a pretty good guy. Maybe, I, maybe I'm a son of God too. And I remember thinking that thought, and no kidding, it was in the morning. And I don't think I made it much past breakfast before I realized that I am definitely not the son of God or <laughs> somebody where there's something to this. But more than just kind of regarding him as somebody special, Mm -hmm. but not quite grasping who he was. So um, I continued to learn through my life and then uh, more and more, and I guess I could kind of liken it to almost like in a car. Um, You know, I'm driving a car and I say, well, he's important and I want him in my life or in my car for the ride. So it's almost like he was in the car, maybe even in the back seat in my teen years. But I would would pray and I would read the Bible, but... um, and it wasn't until probably college when I really grasped it. I had people that would share pamphlets and even tell me, give me a Bible. And I read the Bible. I would pray. Um, but what happened was it turned in more for a respect for, well, he's God and he wants me to obey and um, follow these rules, Ten Commandments, the rest. Mm-hmm. And I want to please him. There's a heaven and there's a hell. There's a reward. But to put it all together, when I began to understand that, um, there was a real shift. And that's, I made a profession. I was in church and I very clearly said, I, I want this to be clear. Mm. I do want you in my life. But I think even at that time, I, I understood he was my savior and what he did on the cross. He took the punishment for all the things I did wrong. And I had a very colorful childhood. Um, I had three brothers and we were pretty wild and <laughs> really just trying to have fun and, um, 
if rules made sense to us, we obeyed them. If, if they didn't, well, there was some wiggle room. Yeah. Um, and But it came to an understanding where um, the lordship, it was he's with my savior, but he's to let him be my Lord to turn that over. Um, that was a process. That was a process. So the relationship was there as my savior, but to be my Lord, I was a little bit stubborn and releasing. And so I guess it would be like a driver's ed person, a navigator beside you. And then someone driver's ed, they have the brake and the a brake pedal, but they're there in the ride. And I said, okay, that's good, but I'm still, it's my car and I'm, mm. I'm driving. And I think it, it eventually turned into a relationship where I said, you're supposed to be the Lord. Mm. And I'd let him be in the driver's seat. Although periodically I would still say, I want to go here. So can I get back in? And I, so it was almost a wrestling match, but eventually the, that whole process and relationship, um, it's just, it wasn't something where my motive was because so I could go to heaven or not go to hell. It was, you know what? I realize you paid the price for me. I'm grateful for that. And I want you to pick where we go. And this isn't my car. This is your car. This is your, I'm along. And that is really kind of the process where I knew who he was. He became my savior. And then he's become my Lord. Mm. And I, my motive is to please him now. And that, that was, that took years, but uh, I'm very grateful to have this relationship and to be part of a, a church here and under your teaching. Cause I really do crave to continue to learn um, his word and more about him and our relationship. Yeah, it's awesome hearing the way the process of God's working in our life, you know, through those times and the different places where you came to an idea that God is calling you to make a decision. There's yeah. something you, that, that we had to give up. Lonnie, is your story similar? What's your... Uh, my my story is similar. I, I didn't come from a Christian home. Um, I think I had spiritual interest from pre being a pretty young child. My older sister... Um, she was 10 years older than me and she got, she got saved when I was, um, when I was pretty young. So I know that she began praying for me mm. and I, I think there was fruit of that. Um, I had spiritual interest. Uh, it wasn't until my freshman year in college, it was through a campus ministry. Um, someone reached out to me and I made a profession for Christ, but, um, I wasn't discipled and to say that I was walking with Christ, I think that that would probably, um, and not fit the bill. I think I was more like crawling. Mm -hmm. I was a I was slow to walk, and so I would really say that it wasn't until I moved out here after after we got married, really, that I started to grow in my 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 faith and um, really turn my life over to Christ. So I, I I can say that I've been a Christian for a really long time since I was eighteen years old, um, but I would say as a as a mature and continuing to mature Christian, it was even after we got married. So really, Scott and I kind of, we grew up in our faith together really right. here. Yeah. It's really interesting. And I hear a very similar story often um, uh, uh, come to a place where we put our faith in Jesus, we receive his forgiveness. But the Bible talks uh, about some some terms that we try to use a lot around here. At that point, we're, we're sort of spiritual babies. Mm -hmm. And spiritual babies have a very difficult time uh, feeding themselves, learning how to grow themselves. They, they really need to be part of a family that is intentionally helping them to grow. And that's not an unusual story. I mean, that's really the significance of God's church and being around other believers where uh, we have people coming alongside us and 
and helping us. And it's Absolutely. not unusual for sometimes that not to take place for a few years after where you really start to crave that. Mm-hmm. We're burdened for that as a church, you know, um, and actually it's interesting seeing your guys' lives and the influences that you've had uh, over these years uh, in coming alongside others in their spiritual infancy uh, and then helping them to grow. I mean, we really do have that responsibility as believers and as a church. We'll talk about maybe a little bit more of that in a minute. Maybe I could, uh, before we get to that, um, it's been a difficult year for everybody. I know that you guys interact on health and wellness with a lot of people uh, around. What are you sensing are some of the biggest challenges for people um, you know, just on island from your practice standpoint? Well, I think something I see on a daily basis is it's always there, the issue of COVID and there's this anxiety or fear of um, are we safe, uh, people not wanting to travel, to go out, et cetera. And um, so as far as I know from a healthcare point of view, uh, practices on the island are adhering to safe um, environments in the office, but also engage people and say, what else can you do for yourself? I mean, continue just like during flu season, mm-hmm. do things that are healthy, you know, take your vitamins, exercise, get, you know, get out there, get fresh air, be as social as you can be. Don't be isolated. Um, Which is a complication, right? Because you sort of have these mixed signals that, that are taking place, but we do yeah. know that, uh, man, we can't isolate ourselves. It's not healthy for anybody right. for long term, right? Yeah, and, and I really appreciate that um, um, right now the current regulations allow us to go to church and to gather and to, to learn and to grow. And I think that that really speaks to people's anxieties and fears, too, is to say there's something beyond this. You know, mm-hmm. God's still in control. He's not off his throne. You know, be there for others. Reach out. And again, not only for ourselves not to be isolated, but to think of others and uh, people that may be struggling and anxious about it. But, um yeah, the idea of the anxiety that you're talking about, I mean, it's very real. It's very prevalent, and there's talk about a lot of different causes of that. Um, we do know that f- our faith should impact every part of our life, including mm-hmm. this, right? It impacts our health. It impacts, for sure, our, our spiritual walk. But maybe I can switch gears a little bit to um, something that, as we talked about, your children, uh Talk, talk about parenting just for a minute. You guys have parented through different seasons. Can I just ask maybe some of the lessons that you've learned as parents and maybe how faith has affected, you know, sort of that path of your life? Well, I can say one thing, and I'm not uh, just addressing the first question, is I think when your children are little, somebody said once, um, the days are long, but the years are short, and that's for sure true. Mm. Um But I think that as you're struggling with those kids in diapers and feeding them and sleep issues and all of those things, I think you think that those, once I get out of this season, it's going to be easy. (laughs) And I'm not sure that it does get that much easier. I think that, you know, parenting lasts a really long time and it's just different seasons and um, we're approaching an an even new season and it's, um, you know, beauty, beautiful things, but challenges in them too. So 
We've talked about that before, just personally, this idea of parenting adults is a whole different deal, right? And it's challenging in different kinds of ways. It's awesome, in my opinion, it's awesome, just like all of those other seasons, but but it is different. And there's not very many books that are written about this, because I don't think anybody knows, you know? I was <laughs> so. just going to say that. I never read about that in the brochure, yeah. any of the parenting brochures about parenting adults it is it's a it's a totally new new beast so to speak yeah and it's awesome though seeing our kids making choices and just like us not everyone you know we don't make all the right choices but you know they're they're moving forward and to be able to have that influence i th- i think that's an awesome thing scott what about you well i mean i i think uh lonnie and i have been blessed to um take part and teach or facilitates um things on parenting or marriage. And I, th- I remember reading something that really kind of uh, kind of really brought it into focus is really what our target is as parents is often we think, well, we want our kids to be happy. And, it, and in this reading, it really checked that. It said, you know, if I want my kid to be happy, let's just take the example of my kid wants an ice cream. Well, if I'm going to, and they want an ice cream, I have to make them happy. I'll give them an ice cream. Well, a child's usually going to want another ice cream or can I have a soda too? Can I have this? Well, if I want to make them happy and that's my goal, well, here's another ice cream and another one. Well, okay, that makes you happy. So I'll give it to you. Mm-hmm. And just the principle behind that, I think we can see where it would lead um, is where the Bible tells us it's not to make your child happy. It's to make them holy mm-hmm. or to make the target of the bullseye, um, the life of Christ. And that that model, if we can study and know how Jesus lived his life, and to say, that's what we're shooting for. And to love you and re- learning from the Bible is to do what's best for you. And sometimes that may be a punishment or a consequence, and that's not going to make you happy in the moment, but it's going to direct you towards where we need to go. And I think as far as the, we need to model that, first of all, you know, as far as I don't want to be hypocritical. Um, you know, if I walk, if I want them to walk with the Lord or to to have a relationship with Jesus is I need to have that myself and it has to be authentic. Um, and But to use that as a guiding principle to say, this is what I want and I'm going to do what's best for you. And uh, I think in time our kids see that. They may not always be happy, or, but they know my heart and it's the same thing with God. We may not always want to do what it says right there because it's difficult in the time, but underlying if we know who wrote the rule or who's behind it and they love us mm-hmm. and really care for what's best for us, so uh, hopefully in a way as a parent, our kids learn that from us and they can also then see that into uh, their father in heaven as well as to say, you know, these rules, these commandments, these things that I'm learning are truly what's best. And he loves me. He's demonstrated that. So, And hopefully Lonnie and I have demonstrated to our kids, we really want what's best for you, even though it may not seem like it in the moment. But, And I think the Bible helps to direct us as parents in that those unknown areas. Our faith guides uh, our role as parents, but our parenting also stretches our faith, right? Um, there's real growth that happens in our faith because of some of the challenges. Anything about that, Lonnie, that you've sensed kind of through some of those seasons? Well, I can tell you the hardest seasons in parenting have definitely been the times when I've leaned on the Lord the most. Yeah. And um, I I can look back through my journals and, and through planners and whatever, and I can see the particular areas that I was reading in Scripture. And, and uh, those are the times when I've grown the most is through the cha- most challenging times specifically in parenting. I can certainly attest to that. Well, when we feel like we've got it figured out, we have a tendency to rely on ourselves. 
And man, if there's anything that helps us know that we don't got to figure it out, it's parenting. Amen. (laughs) And it, which is really a healthy place to be because we can just go back. God, we need you. I need your Mm -hmm. wisdom today. You know, I need your strength. I need your patience. But if you don't direct me and help me today, I'm not going to be able to live out the life that you're talking Mm -hmm. about, Scott. You know, the example that I desire to be before our kids. Well, I think even in that alone, if our kids see us, you know, when we're unsure, right, is where do we turn? Yeah, oh, prayer, the word of God is. We hope that that lesson, yeah. when they're in life, maybe when parents are facing something hard, is, you know, when you're not sure what to do, you know, pause, pray, and look to God. And uh, I hope that and is a lesson in of itself as we try to parent and do it right. They that that that's uh, passed on to them. Yeah, what a powerful uh, legacy to leave with our kids. They're not going to remember everything. But if they know, you know, when mom and dad came to these challenges, they relied on God. Boy, that's a good place to leave them um, in in their lives and in their challenges. That's a little bit of a segue, I guess, to uh, just the last couple of questions I want to ask you. You're, you both are going to be leading. Scott, you're going to be teaching one of our new uh, adult Bible fellowships. We call them ABFs. We're launching them uh, two two Sundays from now, so the 12th, and we're actually launching them on Sunday evenings. We've been going back and forth, but so Sunday evenings at six o'clock, and you're going to be leading a group that we called Home Builders. It's mm-hmm. sort of designed for um, families that have children, you know, up through high school uh, age. I mean, it's, there can be, a, you know, there's flexibility and people that want to be part of it, but that's sort of the general idea on the age demographic. Mm-hmm. Anything in specific that you get, you could share with us on what you hope to see accomplished in that class and maybe a reason why, you, you know, people might want to join in? Yeah, I think it, it speaks to that age group too, is um, the Bible is the foundation of um, the teaching. There's a book that uh, draws um, from examples in the Bible and truths of the Bible and applies it. The, the title of the book is When People Are Big and God is Small. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, and it talks about peer pressure, people pleasing, uh, codependency, and basically the fear of man. And we realize, I think, we say, oh, that's going to be good for my kids. And I need to uh, teach them not to be influenced by their peers. And But I think, and again, we talked about modeling in ourselves. We have to reflect on our own lives and say, you know, are we guided or is the fear of man or what other people think directing our lives in any way and i think we can look at that as say and even just sharing our faith you know how easy is that for you and are you comfortable doing it or are you worried about what somebody might think we can see it in the bible there's examples of uh, david for example with the real fear of god and how it influenced him in good decisions and there's also examples in the bible where abraham at times you know he was afraid of the Egyptian or saying his wife was his sister and because of the fear of man. But then we see him later in life where he's asked to sacrifice his own son and he obeys God. He's not thinking, he's, I want to please God and I, I'm not going to fear what's going to happen or I'm going to trust God. And I think if we can get to that together as parents and with some genuine sharing in the class, I think not only will it help us as parents, but our example and what we can teach our kids and reflecting back and sharing stories together. And um, I think we can really learn from God and um, learn from one another at the same time. And so I guess that's what we hope to get from the class. Yeah. I love that. And I'm, ex- I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm busy in that class period, but that, 
that sounds awesome. I'd love to be a part of that too. And just for clarity, uh, that this isn't a parenting class. It, it's it's a class sort of for people in the same sort of mm. avenue of life. Um, but you know, of course, you'd be talking about parenting, but all kinds of stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, I know that there's going to be uh, growth that's happened there. We'll pray that God uses a class. And maybe I could just give a little invite to those that are listening. If if this might be something that you're interested in, you could reach out via the website or call the church or just show up uh, at 6 o'clock on Sunday the 12th. And we'll direct you. If you come to our Welcome Center, we can direct you to where that class will be held. But thank you guys for being willing to serve in this way and teach. And, um, and uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Oh, thank you. We're honored to do it. Thank you, Pastor Gary. Yeah, well, thanks for being a part of this, too, telling us a little bit of your story and the work that God's done in your life. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. Now, Harvest Baptist Church is meeting twice starting this Sunday. We have a 9 a.m. service and an 11 a.m. service. We still have the live stream as well. It will be at 11 a.m. now during that service. That's also when we'll be having Japanese and Korean translation. If you come to that 11 a.m. service, um, you can find the live stream at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. And it's an exciting week, Vision Sunday this week. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.